podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. to Below the Belt episode 2 I'm Flav and I'm here with Callum Rudge of Boxing Monthly yes brother I'm here with Felonious Filth hello 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 of the Fighting Cock podcast which has nothing to do with bo- boxing at all no, not if I'm not on it no. I normally make boxing references on that pod but now I'm actually in a boxing pod so I might make football references all, all night long They're my favourite part of the Fighting Cock is when you make boxing references but it's amazing how, um, how much the parallels yeah, but boxing is such a minority sport, and people don't seem to realize, don't seem to recognize it. I mean, people say, "Oh, you know, boxers will never be like a mainstream sport," but by definition, boxing is a violent sport. Like, like so is um, UFC, so it'll never be. It will never ooh. be mainstream. Yeah. You just mentioned UFC on a boxing podcast. Is that allowed? Cut, yeah, and SDA yeah, cut. <laughs> cut. Um, is that allowed? Not really. No, I'm. Slight, I'm a bit offended by that, to be honest. I'm tempted to leave. I, uh, I, I'd speaking to my boss about... I told him about this podcast, uh-huh. and, and he's heavily interested. In, he likes boxing, don't be wrong, but he's a UFC head. And he goes, maybe we, we could do a segment about UFC. And I was like, there's a bit of an issue between boxing fans and UFC fans. And I think these are not casuals, because casuals go over both. I mean, I'd happily watch uh, um, a Conor McGregor fight, yeah. but... I will not watch another UFC fight because it's boring. Mm. You know, they fall on the floor. It's like a pub fight, but yeah. with technique. Yeah. In my opinion, you know, I mean, people are getting angry right now. You yeah. know what the fuck <laughs> you're talking about? Uh, you're right. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind UFC, but um, I can understand why. Well, it looks like from the outside, it's all just a lot of hugging. But there's. Um, but there's people at different disciplines, and anyway, this is a boxing podcast. Co- Colin McGregor, for a fact, would smash oh, up Mayweather in the ring. He wouldn't uh, smash Harry. Fucking hate yourself. <laughs> he, would, he wouldn't smash Harry Kane, though. So, nah, nah. all right, um, we were talking just before we started. I thought it was an interesting one because there, traditionally, there is a boxing season. There is a, po- a, a period of the year when there is, should be no boxing, but I can't identify when that period is anymore. I'm not it's sure. August. Yeah. Not, no, I'm not such a, Yeah, I know it's in August, but I think it's hard to identify the fact there is still fighting around that time. It might be just at the beginning and end of August. What do you think, Cal? Uh, I'm trying to think of a fight that happened in August because I, I like to memorise the dates of when things happened. Um, I can't think of a fight that happened in August. You might be right, to be honest, but the TV, so Box Nation will, will make reference to the boxing season started and Sky will do that but th- you're right there's no clear cut when it, be- when it begins and when it ends like the football season it's, it seems to especially around the world in Asia there'll be boxing going on in, in August and everything else and like that um, so where does it come from then this boxing season I think it may just coincide I think it might coincide with the football season to be honest. I'm really not sure it's just an unwritten ruler I, I, I think you're right yeah. I suppose it is such an intense sport and if people were fighting a lot more common back in the day more often than they, they, they wouldn't do now because there was less money you'd probably have to fight more to make money to pay your stable pay your training whatever it's fucking insane when you think of like Sugar Ray Robinson fighting like twice in a month he lost to um, I don't know Lamotta and then four now later he fought him and won I thought fuck can you imagine that now yeah. fighting like twice a month I'm showing my ignorance but I didn't know that that happened and yeah. that is incredible yes it's insane he people had, have like, like a hundred fights without having a title tilt yeah. you know shot at the title these days he got so many um, splits and belts You've got Joshua, who we'll talk about later on, who's got a title fight, his 15th fight, you know, it's just... It's nuts. It's also so strange that Canelo now, he's only 24, but he's had nearly... Was it 40 fights? I think he's had, like, 45. I think he's 45 and over. I mean, Mexico's weird. They turned pro at 16. Yeah. yeah, I know there's no, absolutely no amateur game in Mexico. Um, you're going to have so many fighters. There's, like, tons at every division. And I think we alluded to it before, but um, Frampton's opponent was, the, like, the 12th best Bantamweight in Mexico. In Mexico, yeah. not in the world. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking insane. And he drops one of the elite fighters in the world twice yeah. in a round. Like, yeah. It shows how good the smaller guys are in Mexico. Uh, that, that, that weight class is so strong in Mexico. Yeah, it's very competitive there. Should we move on to Framden quick? Yes. yes. Let's do it. What was your, your feelings? Obviously, you lot are. Uh, the kind of Frampton fanboys in this instance. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that? I'm quite... Not generally, but in this fight. In this fight, I was, yeah, because. 
I think maybe it was the respective teams. Um, Gallagher didn't come across great. He didn't come across okay. I think his huge bias towards his fighter came across and it didn't come across well. Um, so I was very much pro Frampton in that yeah. uh, in that fight. Um, and I thought I thought Frampton was excellent. I don't think he's getting enough credit for the win, to be honest. I really don't. A lot, a lot's going down to Quigg's performance rather than Frampton's, isn't it? Yeah, I think, and that that bugs me a lot because it was all about. And I said this on the night. It was all about the feet. Quig every time we talk about. Boxing. I know every time we talk about. It's all about it's feet because it's, 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 it's controlling the distance, isn't it? And he done it, done it brilliantly. Again, I'm talking from the casual fan here because that's, you know, in terms of my knowledge of the sport, which probably I shouldn't be on this podcast or hosting it early. But tell me how you can notice footwork from television. Well, you've got. Is it in terms about the space between the yeah, fighters? it's about it's about uh, judgment of range. Yeah. it's about controlling range, and that's in, in elite boxing. That's what separates when when boxing pundits talk about levels. Yeah. that's where it's decided. It's decided in judgment of range. That's why Mayweather is the best fighter in the world. He judges range better than anybody, and yeah. that's what Frampton did on that night. And Quig, for the first seven rounds, couldn't work out how to close range on Frampton without being hit. And that was why he won the fight. And Frampton deserves a lot more credit than what he got. I think um, my issue with Gallagher is I just don't like his fighters. They're very... Um, they're people like John... Was it John Murray? Mm-hmm. The, the old lightweight. There was that kind of, you know, battle-hardened mank or someone from the northwest. I like Callum Smith, but I don't like... Um, I'm not terribly fond of Quig, but... To be fair, Quigg as a bloke is actually all right. I don't mind Quigg. I think it's the fact that he's a Hearn fighter and the fact that he's a Gallagher fighter. It's a combination of that that's made me think, well, I really want Frampton to do him. And, I think, um, uh, did you see the, the way that you're talking about Quigg as a person? I, I think something that we understood throughout the run-up to that fight, that there was this mutual respect. I know it's a cliche, but there definitely was. There wasn't animosity between them. And every time there was this bit of needle, <clears throat> it seemed staged and forced to kind of let's sell this fight. It's more the camps than... Than them to yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and the only time I can think of it is when they got in the ring uh, after Frampton had won in England. Uh, I can't remember it was against, and it might have been Martinez. I think it was Chris Avalos. Right, yeah. And uh, yeah, he um, quick got in the ring. Yeah, they had that conversation. But even then, you kind of felt like it was being forced. After the fight, they embraced. There was clearly no harm, hard feelings. Yeah, and that was quite nice from, from my yeah. perspective. I yeah. thought that's that's nice. There is nothing... These are just two gladiators, to use a cliche, going at it for 12 rounds, or not going at it for the first six, depending on how you look at it. How much do you think that Quigg's broken jaw in the fourth affected his performance? Because it, it, there wasn't much before that, anyhow. He, uh, her, him and Hearn made reference to it, but Quigg said it didn't hurt him. He said, it didn't hurt. I wasn't hurt at all. It happened, and I knew it happened, but it didn't hurt me when he hit me. So I don't think it did make a lot of difference, because the way the fight was in the three rounds prior to that happening, was it was kind of the same for the next three rounds after that. It was only when he was losing, when he, it was clear to, to his corner, it was made clear to his corner. Yeah, that was fascinating. That, that, he was, that he was losing badly. He didn't know. He, he was yeah. shocked. He had no idea. I mean, it's the same with um, Eubank Jr. against Billy Joe Saunders. He, he didn't think he was losing all those rounds, but but he was. And um, I, just don't, I just don't think he just, he, he just had no answer for what Frampton was doing. And um, I think the... Not so much a subplot, but the subplot was his pay-per-view. It was a fight sold to, you know, the average man in the street and the, and the boxing heads and the casuals and etc. And there's never going to be a blowout. And I think, um, I mean, as Callum said earlier, it was it was a feat that, that that won the fight. I mean, it might not be the best. I mean, I mean, you, you watch Joshua, you know someone's going to get knocked out. Yeah. I mean, Frampton and Quigg, it was going to be you know 12 rounds of. I mean, to be fair, it did improve when when Quigg, when Quigg kind of realised what was happening. It did the fight did improve. Yeah, I was I, I it was 50-50, as we said in the last pod. But I, I did think that Quigg was. I said this on the pod. I thought Quigg was going to knock him out in the eighth or around that that area. Based on Frampton's vulnerability showed against the the Mexican, was it a split decision? I wouldn't guess. It, it was one. F- it was it no. No, there was, was one card. Well, no, one of them had it really wide, didn't they? Yeah, one. It was uh, one sixteen, one twelve. That's how I scored it. One sixteen and one fifteen, one thirteen. I think to Quig. I think that's what it was. I, I, I had Frampton by three or two. I think it was a split decision. I have my theory about that. It's to build a rematch. 
um, Bernard Hopkins said this some years ago. Over in America, they will, they will, the judges will make it a split decision, so it keeps the losing fighter marketable. So this is a, this is like a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy based theory. On no, based on nothing no but Bernard Hopkins, the legend that is Bernard Hopkins. You, else. you are getting a, you are getting a growing number of them. I mean, Canelo v Mayweather, for example, was that majority decision? One yeah. Draw. Maidana, Maidana Mayweather was a majority decision as well. So I mean, I think. They're linking it to betting as well, as well as what you've just said about the marketability of the fighters. Yeah, yeah. but in, in no way are we suggesting that, that scores are made by judges in anything other than, the, than their professional opinion. No, of course And not. when we, if, if we do decide to investigate that and we find hard facts, we'll bring it to you, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll run it through a lawyer first, probably. Uh, where, where do you think each fighter goes, goes next? We know what's happening with Frampton. Yep. It looks like... Showtime, Showtime have announced that in the late summer that uh, Frampton's going to fight Santa Cruz. They don't have a venue yet. They don't have a date yet. So, But Showtime are confident enough that it's happening that they've announced it. Do you it. like that fight? I pref- would prefer Rigo because I'm a purist, but I, I'm happy with Santa Cruz. I'm, I'm, you, one thing you're gonna, you learned about me on the last podcast, I'm all about the lineal title. Yeah. Whoever the man is, I want to see the number one contender fight the man. Rigo's the man, even though he's frustrating as fuck at the minute, not fighting anybody. But I want to see Frampton fight him. But Santa Cruz, I can live with that. Yeah, that's a great that's fight. That's going to be a great fight, because Santa Cruz is just all action. He's going to throw loads of punches. He's not the biggest puncher in the world. Oh, no. But he's naturally bigger than Frampton, so I think he does have the power to hurt Frampton. Um, and Frampton is this cute boxer. Feet are going to be important again. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be about counter punching and using range, because he's a short. Guy. The irony is that this would probably be a better fight to watch than the quick fight, and the casual fan will not watch it. True, yeah, true. Unless it ends up on like ITV, which I think is quite possible. Is it because of Heyman why that would happen? Yeah, yeah there, there's been some word for a little while that, that uh, Heyman was going to come over, start bringing his PBC fighters over because he signed DeGale, he's signed Frampton, he's signed Lee Selby. So he's got quite a few British fighters now. So you must be thinking that he's looking to come over here and make a mark over Imagine here. Imagine that. That'd be a big time boxing on terrestrial TV. Amazing. I mean, it could single handedly save sport on terrestrial. I want to see him market the shit out of it. I want to see Frampton on Emmerdale. I want to see Leo Santa Cruz on the Coronation Street. <laughs> and then I want to have them to have a cross episode where they meet each other. One of them twats Kane Dingle. Kane Dingle. He twats somebody and they have a cross episode. That is money. That's it'd be, money. It'd be like anchor man, isn't it? Get all the episodes meeting up. Yeah. That's but money. I, I mean, when I was when I was a kid, um, I remember Hagler. They repeated the Hagler Hearns fight at about half eight in the evening wow. on terrestrial TV. So. Could we return to those days? We haven't talked to... Look, it's your first time. Yeah. In the two episodes that we've done. <laughs> yeah. It's not that great a feat, but... <laughs> so, who, who's your favourite boxer? Um, well, my earliest memories are Marvin Hagler, so I've got a bit of a bit of an emotional connection to him. Yeah. Um, I mean, years down the line, I realised I was watching him towards the tail end of his career, because the first fights I remember was Mugabe. Not yeah. that one. <laughs> and, um, he, uh, that's a shame. He, he, that would be a <laughs> And he went to Helen back with him. And then, um, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, at the time I, at the time I thought Hagler was cheated. That was... I was so fucking gutted. Yeah. So gutted. How, how, how many... When was the last time you saw that fight? Uh, Leonard, Hagler. To be fair, I'm not... I'm, not, I'm, I'm really bad at watching fights again okay. after the first time. I saw it a couple of years ago, I yeah. think, the last time I watched it. I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, that as well as Hagler Hearn as well. Did you... No, Leonard, Leonard Hearn. Did you have an opinion on his fight? Yeah. Uh, I thought... I thought Leonard won. So did I. He did. He, he outsmarted him. I think he just outsmarted him. And um, I mean, I think there was a thing where 30 seconds to go, Dundee banged the ring apron yeah. to show, and Leonard kind of just stole rounds, just nicked rounds. That's what Hopkins is so great at doing. So, um, so you know, my formative memories were of Marvin Hagler and um, obviously Tyson as well, you know, when he beat Burbick and all those other cans. Now, <laughs> Leonard's footwork. Yeah, it was just masterful. It was great, like, uh, you talk about the Mugabe fight where Leonard was ringside and he was doing commentating and Mugabe went up to him afterwards and said, you box him, you beat him. Yeah. And the light went on in Leonard's head and he was like, oh, OK. And so when it came to negotiation time, it was, I want a 22-foot ring, I want 12 yeah. rounds, I want this. And Hagler, thinking he's over the hill because he just he'd, he hadn't boxed in a while, Leonard. He hadn't boxed in three years. He hadn't boxed in three years. I think yeah. he'd been dropped in his previous fight. Yeah, he was, yeah. So he didn't look great. And so Hagler would have done anything to take the fight. Leonard was masterful. Do you know, just before we move on, uh, le- my lasting memory of Leonard is he's had two hands in the air. You know Pacquiao used to do it as well? 
um, but two hands in the air yeah. as the boxer's walking towards him. Obviously, he drops, his guard's gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's kind of the goading. But in a, it was like a trademark, and it kind of rem- it's, it etched in my memory. And you know when you're looking back at these old fights, and it has a certain nostalgia based on the way it looks on the camera, because yeah. watching boxing now in Sky HD is very, very different to what it used yeah. to be like. And people who have been into boxing for a long time, I, I, I have a nostalgic way of looking at these things, even a Gatti and... And um, mm. and Ward, it looked different, and for that it was almost so far removed from reality that what you was watching was superhuman in any mm. case. But it was also had this special film filter on top of it, yeah. and, and that last image of of of, of uh, Leonard with his hands in the air as as Hagler and his poor sorry Hagler at the end just marching forward as he did because great fighter but limited. But you know, forget it's a fucking forget. cut. You <laughs> Yes! <laughs> a lot of this podcast, as we move forward, will be about winding up each other's favourite boxes. Yeah. Um, T, who is your actual favourite if it wasn't Hagler, though? Um, or is it Hagler? It is, because he's, he's the earliest one I remember. Right. But, um, I was going to say, so from about that period to about probably the early to mid-90s, boxing was on terrestrial TV. So I saw, you know, Ben fight Eubank, Watson fight Eubank, and etc. But then there was a period where I didn't watch boxing at all, which is when Sky the Monopoly. So, um... It was a Kazagi Kessler fight that got me back into back into boxing, and so from that period on, I would say Miguel Cotto is probably my favourite fighter. Yeah. And I was genuinely upset when Margarito beat him. I was really, really gutted. I think and the world ultimately was upset. I mean, obviously, what happened after with the fallout with, with the plot in, 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 the, in the thing, and then um, also I loved I loved Pavlik as well. I was a massive Pavlik fan. Yeah. And Ghosts, yeah, no, I was too. Yeah. Can, uh, all right, look, we're covering a lot of subjects, but. Can we? We'll, we'll just say this because I know you want to say Pavlik versus Miranda. Uh-huh. Oh, fuck fuck me. me! I mean, there weren't much boxing involved. No. But if you like two men who can punch hard, yeah. kick fuck out of each yeah. other, it was exciting. I mean, it, it wasn't like you say a boxing purist fight, but it was exciting, and they were throwing bombs. What What was the fight that that killed uh, Pavlik? Cause he was it was on- Hopkins. Yes, yeah, he fought Hopkins. Yes. Was it at one seventy? Yeah, and that just because he fought at one sixty, didn't he? Yeah, and then he fought Hopkins at one seventy. Hopkins yeah. just took his soul. Yeah, he did. And then he went into a bit of a spiral. Hopkins did that to a lot of fighters. Yeah, he just yeah. took people's soul. He did it to Jean Pascal. He did it to even you could even say he did it to Cloud. Jermaine Taylor, yeah. to Boris Cloud. A lot of people, Hopkins. And I say this quite a bit, is the greatest mental fighter of all time. Mind games, there's no yeah. one better than him. He was just amazing at it. Okay, so in order to get back on track, um, we're going to move on to probably in the UK, certainly in terms of hype, the biggest fight that we're going to see Anthony Joshua, Charles Martin in the ring. Say it the right way around, Flav, please. Charles Martin, Anthony Joshua. See, I'm already <laughs> caught up in the hype. Uh, the champion world, first. World champion Charles Martin against. Young prospect, he's still that, but despite everything that's being said about him. Anthony Joshua, I'll start us off if you if you let yeah, me. It, I think it's too early. Yeah, I do think that because Joshua eked past really eked past a very average, at best European fighter. Mm-hmm. Charles Martin, and the little I know about him, mm-hmm. he is a world champion. Mm-hmm. He has got a dig. He obviously has some sort of ring craft that's enabled him to win a world championship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm being cliched and I'm, I'm starting to read into it too much. And I think what's really interesting is we really don't know much about each other's yeah. fighters at a world level. And yeah. perhaps, even though this is for a world title, this isn't a world level fight. The way Charles Martin won the title against Berzkov was really unfortunate. We didn't really get to see a lot from him. Um, I hadn't seen a lot of him before that fight, but I made a point of watching that, you know. Um, he he's very upright. He stands very upright. He's a southpaw, long limbs. You know, works the jab very well. So there's going to be an awkwardness there, and I think it will go rounds. Um, but the Glasgow fight ended in three. He done his knee and he did his ACL in the third round. Um, so he didn't really get to see a lot of Charles Martin and what <coughs> what to expect from him. I want to be completely honest. Yeah, what I just said is utter bollocks, isn't it? Because. Uh, I've just pulled that massive cliche out of the bag. He did win that world title. The geezer hurt his knee. Yeah. He couldn't fight on, so he didn't technically win it. It was a kind of a technicality, really. Yeah. Charles Martin's untested. Joshua probably has had the harder, harder fights, maybe, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. So ignore everything I've just said. That was utter bollocks. What's 
it, it probably is the correct fight. It's a good matchup. Yeah, He's going to win is. a world title fight. If he wins this, if he moves on, and he has to fight mandatories, real mandatories for, for, for this this world title fight, I don't know how strong the IBF. So the the is it IBF. Uh, it's the IBF title, yeah. 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 Monty, sorry. Um, no, I think the I think the point Flav made is valid in the sense that after this fight, every fight Joshua has will not be a learning fight. It will be a live fight. We have to learn on the job. Um, so if he does beat Martin, which he's expected to, mm-hmm. he's seven to one favorite. Yeah, then his first defense will probably be it won't be it won't be a fight where he can you know feel his way around. Because mm-hmm. in the in the white fight, he learned an awful lot about himself. You know, I think he was. Um, I think the legs, the legs different in round two. Yeah, a little bit chinny, can we say? Or all heavyweights chinny? What? I, 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 worried, I worried about his survival skills, though. Because if you remember Bruno get when, The thing with Bruno, Bruno was not chinny. This had no survival skills. When Bruno got yeah. tagged, yeah. he just would not. He, he wouldn't cover up, he wouldn't hold. And I worry that with Joshua, that might be the same. I don't think Taz might really be the person to take him there. Mm-hmm. But if he fights against. If he fights against a puncher, then... Because I think, I think White done the shoulder there, didn't I he? Think, yeah. I think, yeah, Dylan White definitely hurt him. And Dylan White didn't have... He didn't have the craft to finish him off. He hadn't boxed in that sort of level before. Yeah. He hadn't really boxed above plumber level, to be honest. I saw him once at the Camden Centre fighting an absolute no-hoper. <laughs> uh, and that was only two or three fights ago. So Dylan... It was a British title fight. It was given the big pay-per-view thing, but it wasn't really... Dylan White hadn't beaten anybody. Yeah, yeah. Josh hadn't really beaten anybody. If White would have had a bit more about him and kept hitting to the body, which was working wonders for him in that second round, yeah. he might have got rid of Joshua. I think the needle between them two got to his head a little bit, and that shows the immaturity that he needs to cut out of his game. You can't let that get into the ring, and it's hard because they genuinely hated each other. There's yeah. no doubt that wasn't to sell the fight. They did hate each other. And like you said, if he if he kept his head, he would have easily beat White, but he didn't. I think I think how much he hated Joshua kept him on his feet for seven rounds. I think he was so determined not to lose yeah. that he was just like I can't lose to this guy. And because Joshua was hitting him with some dirty yeah. shots, and he just kept coming. Credit to White, he kept coming, kept coming. And to be fair, I didn't think much of White before that fight, and I was actually really impressed with him. I thought he range again. I thought he boxed really well. I thought he used the jab really well. Controlled range really well, but as soon as he got tagged, it's Joshua. He can bang him, he's, tag him, and I know. think I think he's done well from from that fight. Mm-hmm. And um, on the way, I was actually thinking about about Martin. Should Martin lose to Joshua, which is expected to, the way in which he loses keeps him at that level. Like Tony Thompson, for example. I mean, he he lost to one of the Klitschko's, and now he's still fight. He's still like a gatekeeper kind of fighter. Mm-hmm. So. That's the way the heavyweight division is, really. If you if you put in a good show against a top level fighter, then your career is kind of made. So the the inevitable fight between David Hay and Joshua, because we all think you two definitely think that the Martin fight is a foregone conclusion. It is coming. should this happen in, in their next fight? Are they going to wait a year and build it up properly? Does Hay have that time? I was going to say that um, Tyson Fury tweeted earlier on this week, maybe last week, that um, he's done his schedule. So if he, be, if he wins a rematch, it's the winner of the Joshua fight first and then the winner of the Povetkin-Wilder fight. So I think what I think Hay may have to wait for a bit, to, to be honest. And I, and I, and I feel that um, Fury beats Joshua all day long. Well, we'll come on to that, because yeah, I, I think, think that's a discussion we need to have properly. But Yeah, no, I think Fury beats Joshua all day long as well. Um, I'm not sure if Fury, I know Fury wants that. I'm not sure Fury can just do that, unless he wants to start slinging belts in the bin, which yeah. I'd be delighted for him to do. Sod the belt. You've got the ring belt, you've got the lineal title, that's all that matters. Sod a WBA, sod a WBO. Just keep winning, keep winning fights. That's what matters. Um, Hay and Joshua, yeah, it's inevitable. It's inevitable that it's going to happen. I think it's got to happen soon. Hayes 35. Um, Are you Josh- excited for that? Uh, Come on, Cal. If you can't get excited for that fight. I am, do you know what? I, I am. That's a Wembley Stadium fight. That sells at Wembley Stadium in 10 minutes. Like, but even if it was in a car park, I'd yeah. watch that. I mean, I'd, I'd pay 100 quid to get in that car park. Yeah. I'd, I'd climb up a fucking fence on top of someone's house yeah. to watch them yeah, two go yeah, at yeah, it for yeah. the fucking 90 seconds. Hey, it's going to last. The hay that we know and love, if that hay fights Joshua, then it destroyed. I agree with Flav. It would just be just an amazing fight to watch because yeah. I think... What we love is a fighter's got a big punch and is vulnerable. Yeah. I, mean, I guess the annoying thing of um, Golovkin, sort of to change, change, change tact a bit, yeah. 
but it doesn't it doesn't have any vulnerability. There's a bit of a machine. The fact that hay can be can be got at yeah. Yeah. makes him an exciting fight to watch. And if he and if him and Joshua do get it on, then it'd be a fucking That's amazing fight. I I don't think they will fight myself. You don't think they'll fight at all? I don't think it'll happen. Um, I, I, I can see it maybe happening down the road. Two years. I don't maybe. see maybe next summer. Hay has to keep winning though. What? Yeah. And and Hay has to beat relevant fighters because he talked about fighting um, Lucas Brown, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And Lucas Brown said that's not going to fucking happen because he's got a mandatory against someone who uh, I've forgotten. He's got to fight Louis Ortiz. Louis Ortiz has got the own title. Yeah. I imagine he's got to fight him. So I think there's so many obstacles in the way of Hay and Joshua happening before Joshua may lose a fight. I don't think both got... that Hay has to fight anybody. I, I actually think that Hay is so marketable. That he wouldn't, he didn't. He, if, if he didn't fight for two years and said, "Now I'm ready, I'm fit, and I'm ready to fight Joshua for his world title," Hearn could make that happen. But I think Hearn's reluctant, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's worry. At the stage where you're going to make Joshua 16, yeah. 20 million pounds, because Hay is—he's probably seen the Dillian White fight, seen Joshua get hurt. Hay is a bigger puncher than White. Yep. He's a better finisher than White. Yeah. He's been at that level. A better boxer. He's, fin- he's a better boxer, and All he's right. finished people that are better than, than Joshua. Um, the only thing I worry about with Hay is he has always struggled with guys taller than him, even Audley. He wouldn't even go near Audley for two rounds. Well, Valuev, that wasn't a stellar performance. Vlad Klitschow, he looked like shit. When someone's taller than him, Vlad struggles. Vlad, uh, Hay struggles. It's to defend Hay, he, he did the right thing against Valuev. He, he, he won a world, yeah, he yeah, won a world yeah, title he did, yeah, he did, he away did. from home against a I, fucking monster. I take that. Yeah. Andy wobbled in the first person to ever do that. Although it was so odd that mm. the way that punch, it was barely a punch that landed in it. Mm. Anyway, forget it. Yeah. Uh, and he absolutely in three rounds destroyed Harrison. You know, he was done it in one round though. I love to see David I'll, Price did it in one round. Do you know what was great is we're actually talking about the heavyweight heavyweight it's division yeah. with a little bit of excitement and yeah. enthusiasm for once. And we should thank Tyson Fury for that. Yeah, him getting rid of Vlad, and I think he beats him again in the rematch. The two, we get he gets rid of Vlad, and we can have some proper fights with young fighters at a similar level. And that's been the problem with the heavyweight division. You've had Vlad, who's right up here, and then you've had everyone else that's down here. Well, well, we've come, from, all we've come from a place so domestically of Danny Williams, Matt Skelton, and Chisora <laughs> Sprott yeah. to Joshua Fury, Hay. Chisora's still knocking about. Yeah, Chisora. He's, he's got a fight at Pulev. He's fighting Pulev. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's going to be interesting. That's because they're a similar size. That would be interesting, but I'd like Pulev in that, to be honest. Kelbrook. Yeah. You're, uh, he's got a defence against... Uh, Kevin Beiser. Beiser. Is, is that the pronunciation? Beiser, Bizier. It's not the defence that we wanted. We wanted to see a Khan. His actual opponents, uh, Brook, have been completely un... Uh, unremarkable unremarkable yeah. for such a, a fighter and, and as good as he is as accurate as he is you know he's a sound fighter I just don't know how good Brook is because they have been his whole career he's had there's the joke about him how he's had so many eliminators Kel Brook this yeah. is a final eliminator oh no that's a final eliminator and it's like come on just fight someone good and then he goes to LA fights Sean Porter I thought it was brilliant absolutely amazing I thought it was brilliant I thought he won away from home because travelling I imagine travelling is not easy for fighters from this country going to, it, especially man. to the west coast as well going that time difference you know I went I went to Vegas for six days I didn't I didn't get really into the time until I was time to go home mm. you know the time difference must really take it out of people uh, he goes there he wins the title he comes back he's got a mandatory fine he fights Jojo Dan he's got yep. a mandatory he fights Frankie Gavin. I wasn't mad at that because he was just ticking over. No, I understood that fight. And then, but just, it, that, again, I'm not a barometer of how good he is. The, yeah. the Porter fight, don't get me wrong, was a, a brilliant fight, and I was so happy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I was supporting him like I do my own football team. I, I was so happy for him. British fighter going over there, taking a fucking belt. Fuck you, Yanks. It's ours. And that he weren't no favourite. It wasn't like he was a wide favourite, a big favourite. I didn't have him. People were like, he's going to get stopped because Porter looked like a monster against Malinaji yeah, in the previous really round. It seems like the impetus is gone. It's like that. all of that buzz, and, and even though that's the fight that most people in Britain weren't aware of or certainly weren't aware of its significance, it's gone now because Jojo Dan, Gavin, and fucking this you. guy. Gavin buys you, yeah. Yeah. No. He, he's his mandatory, so I get it. I get why he's got to fight him, but he has. He loses that belt. He's nothing. So. He's nothing exactly. Yeah. He doesn't sell out Sheffield like a. He doesn't do it a piece of piss, you know, like other British fighters do. Like hey, or Joshua will sell out the O2 in thirty-seven seconds or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. 
he's not even big ticket in his own hometown. He's fighting this guy. I doubt that's even sold out yet. We could go online now and get a ticket for it. He's, he's such a good, he's such a good fighter. Ring Magazine, I think, have him number one as their welterweight. He should be the man. He should be the, the heir to the to Floyd's throne. As should Rigo. He should be the man. Is it something about his personality? Well, after what happened last Friday as well, that clusterfuck with um, Taza Dickens didn't mm. get there. That fight got cancelled. I just think there's so many issues with the management. Yeah. He's not got a star that's friendly to watch. The purest mm. love of my love. He's probably one of my favourite boxers yeah. around. Rigo, yeah. Yeah, Rigo, but... They don't could do. I mean, as for Carl Brook, he has to look good in this fight, and Tuffy's got to have a in, in the next eighteen months. Was his uh, obsession with Khan and that fight happening because he, despite being the world champion, needed it more than Khan did? As it happens, as Khan knew what was coming up for him. Yeah, Brook was supposed to be fighting. What's that guy's name? Diego Chavez. He was yeah. supposed to be fighting him. He's a decent. He, he, he's ranked top ten by ESPN, The Ring, all these you know neutral all these neutral bodies that, you know, that rank fighters. So that would have been a good fight. The only fight I've really seen him was when he drew with Bradley and he didn't look great. Oh, no, he got disqualified against Brandon Rios as well. That would have been a good fight because he's known in America, but he got injured then. Um, and then he's just kind of done nothing and now he's got to fight another mandatory. Um, he, needed to, he needs to keep the belt, Brooke. He needs to keep it, like, like you said, T. Without that belt, he's not relevant at all and Khan doesn't go anywhere near him. So... I can understand why he's fighting another mandatory, but it's just really frustrating. All right, we're going to have a quick break for a cigarette. Uh, if you need a break or you're fed up with what we're talking about already, you can lock off the podcast now. It's a good time. Or don't, car- don't, don't, don't. No, you've got to give these people an opportunity. No. All right, fuck it. It's they're, they're locked in. That's it. Below the belt. All right, we're back, and Callum is wearing his crown. He's sitting here literally wearing a crown. Yeah, if, if, you, if you didn't listen last time, listen last time. Um, these, the other three people that I was sat with told, said that Quig was going to win, and I told them all that Frampton was going to win. And I told them I would come in a Burger King crown. And I went into Burger King in Uxbridge and said, Love, I'm the king of the podcast, I need a crown. <laughs> She was a total babe about it and gave me a free crown, so I'm going to rock I'll... this for the next sec- for the rest of this pod. If I was in the pod, I would have said Frampton. <laughs> Um, I, yeah. Um, so yeah, wear your crown, I'm your child. Yeah. Uh, Flanagan and Matthews happened at the weekend, didn't it? And Flanagan has been a bit of a surprise package in boxing. And he kind of those who know, those who know knew, but he's he's a bit special. And he, I like but, Flanagan. Very. I mean, what's quite he's quite the fact that he has he's not willing. His personality doesn't come out. He's mm. not willing. He's not. He hasn't got much charisma. He's just a stand-up, northern, hard-working guy. He's put the miles in, in the gi- on the road. He's put the minutes in in the gym. And it's paying off for him. And he's legitimately talented. He's got a God-given right in the squared circle. That's a wrestling reference, isn't it? <laughs> squared circle. <laughs> as well. Don't really start talking about wrestling. Woo. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's, he's a legitimate world champion. He's, yeah. he's world-level. Yep. He fought Derry, Derry Matthews, who... Earlier on in his career, I think he even gave up boxing once. Yep. And came back, knocked some people's spark out. Mm-hmm. Great right hand. I find it hard to like him. Stuff well, like that. Regardless, you can see why this fight was made. Even Not easily, yeah, yeah. It was, and it was an e- it was an easy fight to make. I appeared on uh, TKO Radio, who's linked with Boxing Monthly as well, yep. um, and I said back then that. Flanagan Matthews was an easy fight to make. They're both from the Northwest. They're both from Frank Warren. Easy money. I love a domestic fight for world titles. I think it's great every time. Even though on this occasion, Flanagan was a level above. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I had it 117, 110 to Flanagan. I, I think that's how most fight. people had it, isn't it? Yeah, I think, that's, I think two of the judges had it like that. Um, what I was going to say was, sorry, what was it? It's gone again. Uh, that was it. It was about Flanagan. And you saying that he comes across quite humble, he's quite straight up and down. I think the problem is he's with Bo- he's with Frank Warren he's with Box Nation. There's n- other than the channel, there's no real way for them to get their personalities out there. Well, I film. There's I film as well, but that's it's fringe, isn't it? It's it's on the internet, and as much as the internet is social media is so big nowadays, it's not going to get out there to the casual, is it? Unless it's only really hardcore boxing fans that watch I- IFL TV or IFL whatever. It's yeah, yeah. Um, so it's you're not going to get your casual fans watching that. So. To, for Box Nation fighters or Frank Warren fighters to sell big money, it has to it has to really be marketed, and it's difficult for them. They've just got the channel, and that's it. So Flanagan's next steps, uh, Crawler seems like a logical thing. I want to see Linares. 
Yes. That, that would as, be, as be in, too. As in Kolo got a fight booked in now. Though. He's From fighting uh, Barroso, the guy that knocked out Kevin Mitchell. Yeah, 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 yeah. which is dangerous as far. Yeah. I mean, the, he dealt was with Mitchell. Was it Barroso and Lenavas who beat him? Who? Oh, uh, yeah. Has Lenavas fought here before? Yeah, he fought Kevin Mitchell. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Don't doubt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Barroso was... Uh, Who did he beat? Who did Barroso beat? Kevin he Mitchell. These, oh, oh, you guys, his last fight ever. He, he annihilated... He annihilated... Like five rounds, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was silly. And, you, and, and, and I remember the commentary going into it, and, and like most of us, certainly myself, I don't know who this guy is, and it was one of them ones where... You knew within 30 minutes... I'm laughing because I laughed at the time because I've seen it so many times before... Fuck, this guy's good. <laughs> I've never heard of him, but he is the bollocks. The same, had the exact same feeling with Burns against Gonzalez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gonzalez, as it turned out, broke his arm. I think had to retire on the stall, yeah, if yeah. I remember rightly, his forearm. Oh. But you're thinking, this guy's the full yeah. ticket. He's I the won't biscuit. lie, I didn't watch it all. I was out. I came in, walked in. 30 seconds later, I get dropped. Kevin Mitchell gets dropped. And yep. then he ended up in his corner, didn't he? Yeah. And then he came out and Barroso finished him off. Yeah. Kevin he's... Mitchell's since retired, which is a shame. Yeah, he's a shame. It's the right decision. I, lo- I love watching Mitchell fight. If we're going to give him a little, uh, you know, a little segment. He, I loved watching him fight. I was always a big fan of him, despite him being West Ham. Uh, I went to see him at Upton Park. Get unfortunately annihilated by Katsides. Did you? I did, yeah. It was... One of the more edgier nights I've been involved in. <laughs> a nightmare. You tell you what, no football apparel. Where? Oh, no, no, oh, I mean, I was quiet. Do you know what I mean? But he, he I loved that fight against Murray as well. That was, yes. that was amazing. Yes. Yes. That was amazing. And, and he was he, Mitchell was always up for it. He was always willing to give it a go, and he was technically a very good fighter. And he had a fucking heart like a lion. I know he's fucking cliched as fuck, but. I loved watching Kevin Mitchell and it's a shame that he's gone but he just he kept trying and I think he realised where his level was and it's a good thing that he did it now before he got properly hurt do you remember the Johansson fight what was, was it on the undercard of that was, was it was it the Hay fight it was a super feather wasn't it it was for the British yeah, title I remember, I remember before Carl Johansson he was like beating yeah. everyone at the time yeah yeah, yeah, was yeah, a fight. yeah I mean yeah. he's been in so many great fights Mitchell and it's yeah. it's a shame that he's gone man but um one thing I wanted to quickly bring up was Afalabi. Oh, Afalabi. He announced his retirement this yeah, week. Such a and do you know what way. he said? He said, "Come with a fucking brilliant quote. When life gives you, life gave me lemons. I made a fucking chocolate milkshake." <laughs> I'm like, "You are the fucking yeah, man." Yeah. I love Afalabi yeah, so yeah. so when, much. When you said that, I was going like, to hope you're not about to say lemonade. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Brilliant. It was exactly that was, was the exact quote. Brilliant. Life gave me lemons, and I made chocolate fucking milkshake. And it was brilliant. I. I think uh, these memories him uh, Enzo Macronelli. Right, that's the first time I saw him. Yeah, Enzo Macronelli. He was so lazy, wasn't he? He was so lazy. Was a lazy part, yeah. But he just he he was really good at like slipping shots on yeah. the ropes, and then he knocked Macronelli the fuck out. Yeah, and that was post Hay, wasn't it for Macronelli? Yeah, it was yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I really like Apollo because he was like a flawed genius, wasn't he? he you was. could see there was so much ability there, so much potential, but he just couldn't be last. <laughs> That's how Essentially, it looked. Yeah. That's how it looked. It just looked... He gave that appearance anyway. But I'm sure he put the work in in the gym. But it just he gave that appearance that he just couldn't be bothered. Eubank is fighting Blackwell. Mm-hmm. Gone backwards, if some might argue, for the British title. Because um, he had a Jacobs fight line, not, didn't he? Jacobs has got a version of the 160 belt. Yeah. And um, yeah. he was... I think it was of Hearn, wasn't he? And Hearn, he had, yeah, the fight landed up the film and he went mm-hmm. for Blackwell. Yeah, so the fight with uh, Spike O'Sullivan was a final eliminator for the WBA title. Um, he obviously beat Spike O'Sullivan, which was a wicked fight, wasn't it? Yeah, was no, really wicked. Spike O'Sullivan hurt him several times, don't care what he says. He was buzzed several times. Chin like his old man? Chin like his old man, absolutely. Good. He's going to be great fun like his old man as well. He's just going to have loads of good fights. He'll win, he's going to win most of them, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Times he loses. Yeah, the O'Sullivan fight? He had the O'Sullivan fight. He was mandatory for Jacobs, like T said, and I think he made the right decision. At he's this not, stage of his career, he's not I ready. think he's made the right decision. He's not ready. What annoys... What, the thing is about Eubank, for me, is he's not... He's a guy that comes in, throws loads of uppercuts, and he looks brilliant. He looks world-class. When he comes in, throwing bombs, hooks and uppercuts, he looks world-class. When he tries to box and use his jab and be tentative... He gets, he gets hurt, he gets hit, and he gets outboxed. 
he needs to stick to what he's good at, really. Adam Booth's there now. You know, there's that rumour going around about Adam Booth. I'm not sure what's going on there. But Adam Booth needs to take what he is and just polish it. Don't try and change him. There's no better trainer to do that, I think, as well. We're all fans of Adam Booth. We love Adam Booth, yeah. Yeah. And do you know what? what Part of the reason why I love Eubank so much, and I talked about this in the previous pod, is the fact that his favourite punch is one of the hardest to land, certainly at range. That uppercut is, is, is a demon. I've never seen as many uppercuts land Certainly, definitely from range, but mm. from even on the inside, as Eubank landed on O Sutherland, I'm surprised he had any chin left. The fact that fucking um, Quig broke his broke his chin with one punch. I remember that punch; it was, it was hellish as well. But the fact that chin uh, the Sullivan could, could still chew his food afterwards was, was remarkable it was uppercut after uppercut and he was like fuck another one yeah, another yeah. one and O'Sullivan I don't remember thinking he's really hurt here he's ready to go but then then he just quit on his stall he it was knew. really odd he knew he, knew he was going to lose I didn't expect it I, no I thought Eubank was trying to tire you know I did wasn't I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just bullshitting here I, I, two rounds after it ended uh, two rounds before it ended I kind of saw his his, his arsehole go <laughs> <laughs> and then my arsehole would have went before even Hell three yeah. months before I got in the ring. Hell yeah. Yeah, you could see his fight had gone, his heart had gone. Yeah. No, I didn't see I didn't see that. I wasn't expecting that. I thought that Spike O'Sullivan, you know, how much he wanted to fight that he was just gonna keep going and keep going. But credit credit to you, Bank. Credit to you, Bank. He looked poor in the first two, three rounds, but after that he just took over. He it's brilliant. almost it's almost it's almost like he's, he was suffering the same with Saunders it was almost like I know it's ridiculous but it was almost like ring rust it's almost like he'd been out the ring for too long it's almost like the ring is his home it's where he belongs I'm kind of a bit buncy in here aren't I mm-hmm. but it's where he belongs and, and, and he's only comfortable once he's a couple of rounds into a fight and then Chris Eubank Jr. comes out and, and we see what he's good at yeah the fact is, you've got to get out of his game. He needs to fight from the first round. Yeah, it's going. It's what I was saying before. He needs to stick to what he's good at. He needs to stop trying to jab and pull and work his way in. It doesn't work for him. He ends up just getting hit with shots because he, he doesn't look like he's sh- he's sure about what he's doing. He looked like that against Saunders, and he looked like that against O'Sullivan. He needs to just do what he's good at, basically. He just just stick to being the uppercut throwing monster that he is. Yeah, do it. Does, does it, just just before we go on, does anyone else think like I wonder if Chris Eubanks listened to this, and I wonder if he's thinking, "What's a pair of cunts?" <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not. He's not happy. He's, he's not um, Eubanks Senior or English as he's called now. Yeah. He's not au okay fait with um, Coogan Cassius. I think I don't think he allows Eubanks to talk on our film. So, is that true? Yeah, I think um, I think he's not happy that they swear. Ah, oh, well, he's not going to be able to do this. I love Eubanks, senior. <laughs> so that might I love be. Eubanks, yeah. He's a, a national treasure, isn't he? I love him. I think he's brilliant. You considering know. considering that he was hated when he first kind of came on the scene, and now I think when he lost to Thompson, I think we kind of you know kind of warmed him a bit more after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Did, did you guys watch the ringside special with him with Chris Eubank? He was on Sky. Oh was no, I missed it. Brilliant. There's two moments I want to quickly talk about. Uh, they talk. They asked him about his perceived rivalry with Prince Nassim because they both jump over the ropes. Prince Nassim tried to claim that Eubank stole it from him. Why would he do that? And then they show, and I think we might have talked about this on the last pod, I'm not sure. Um, they showed this clip of uh, Eubank boxing in America, and he jumps over the ropes, and he quickly wins the fight, and then you see in the background, in the crowd, very, very young Prince Nassim Fuck Hamid, mouth agape, yeah. and it's just like, oh, this guy's shit hot. Yeah. And it was just brilliant the way he parred him like that. It was fucking great. The other thing that comes across um, from Eubank is his humility. People think they, they see him with the pomp and the monocle and the silly suit and the way he prances around. They think that he's arrogant. But you listen to the words, he's not a more humble man in boxing. He, he knows his flaws. He knows Steve Collins got him mentally. Yep. He knows that he couldn't lay a glove on, on Harold Graham. You know, such a humble man. I think he's great. I think he's brilliant. Absolutely. Um, and that's why I'm a fan. The other reason I'm a fan of Junior is he comes out to Steel Dre instrumental. Fucking love it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Not it, the tune, the instrumental. Gullingness. Pure gullingness. Has anyone read Donovan Crow's book, Dark Trade? Yes. I have, yes. Yeah. The best book about boxing. Actually, the best sports book I've ever read, Barn. And I, I love it. And I'd love to one day be able to sit down and talk to him because his access and his ability to get in the minds and, mm-hmm. and, and get the secure trust with boxers is like no other sports journalist I've ever witnessed. It's, it's incredible. And he had massive amounts of access during Watson's horrendous fight with, mm-hmm. with Eubank, um, you know, talking at length with... Eubank. 
what for Eubank, obviously, and Tyson. Tyson. Um, fuck, fuck, what? One of the. James Tony. James Tony. Greatest middleweights. One of the greatest middleweights of all time. James Tony. The, the access and, and, and that he got inside that, that camp was incredible. But his, his chats with Eubank show him, Eubank the fighter, to be a humble and accepting guy. And also his comments on boxing as a whole and, and his understanding of the industry and what it is because it is as the book is titled A Dark Trade I, I'm for one conflicted a little bit about my love for the sport mm-hmm. I love it to death I'd, I'd rather watch that I'd rather watch a boxing match not with a football match oh yeah um, but yeah it's conflicting he's uh, what am I talking about so yeah you know he's, he's access with, with, with Eubank showed him up to be the person that he is and, and what we see in the ring Eubank Senior is a, a kind of performance. I just don't think it's necessary for Chris Eubank Jr. Yeah. I don't think it's helpful to him. Um, I think he does need to take a back seat, doesn't he? He does. It won't happen to him. He won't because he loves it. You could, you could see, you saw him at the press conference for the Blackwell fight. They were doing the eye, doing the head to head. He maneuvered himself to get into the middle. He, he wants to be a part of it. He wants to be in the corner. Do you think he's trying to play, play a kind of taking the limelight off his son? And in the same way that Angel uh, Garcia, Angel Garcia does, and Angel Guerrero, and yeah, I think there's a big part of that. I think there's a bit. It's like take take the the pressure off Junior and get all the put it on myself. And it's Junior just gets to focus on the boxing, then doesn't yeah. have to focus on anything else. And a lot of the time, you see people like Billy Joe Saunders go for Senior in the press conferences and things. They'll talk about Senior yeah. instead of talking about Junior. Junior can just sit there and just chill and just watch it all go on. I, I, how do you think? Sorry, how do you think the Blackwell fight's going to go? By the way. I think it's going to be a war. I think it's going to be great. I'm going. You're coming to See, I'm going, yeah. It's going to be wicked. Yeah, it's going to be... I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be an absolute war. Blackwell's been starting really slow in his previous British title fights, so I think it may be a bit tentative for the first two or three rounds, but I think it's going to kick off very quickly around around round three. Um, I'm going to go, I think, Eubank late. Like TKO 11, something like that. I've not seen Blackwell, to my internal shame. He's on Channel 5, TKO. I know, I know, I know. Um, Has the card been announced? Like the entire card? I think Kimi Fury's going to fight on it. Um, He's fighting somebody I know, I just can't remember who it is at the minute. Um, I don't know if Kid, Kid Galahad's going to be fighting because he's, he's, he's his drug ban. Yeah, the, his drug ban was reduced by um, six months, so he's now allowed to fight. So I imagine he's been in the gym. I hope he has anyway. So I, perhaps they'll get him on that bill. That's exciting to have him back. Actually, he's good. He is very good, yeah. and his career was on an upward trajectory for sure. Before all the accusations and and what not what happened, let's not get into it too much. Yeah, because uh, it's a very kind of. I don't know a lot about it, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's, it's he say, she say, isn't it? It's all a bit of that, I, my brother did this and yeah, that. We yeah. don't, we, at the end of the day, the only person who knows Look, is him. And he's back now, and so he can back. put that behind done him. Done his time. I've done his time, move, move forward, and, 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 and let's hope we see a lot more from Kid Galahad because he's an exciting fighter and potentially a world-level fighter. So we will see. Um, Bradley Skeet, big fan. Yeah, boy. Maybe we've adopted him. <laughs> That's all I've got to say. Mary the Duckton, man. It's yeah. like Paul Williams all over again. Yeah. Light skin Paul Williams. It's, yeah. That's Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> he was scared of the range. He didn't know what to do. Floyd's got really weirdly long arms, but he can fuck with Skeet. Skeet's got that Paul Williams. It's got range going on. And we're, not, we're not even taking the piss here, right? Skeet, we're, we're massive fans. We do love Skeet here. I love a rangy guy that can use his range but can't punch for shit. I love people like that. Prince Aaron's another one. Shout out yeah. to Prince Aaron. I love him because he just rangy as shit, uses it well, but can't punch. Sorry. But I love no, him. I mean, the, the stats back you up. It's, yeah, it exactly. Is the knockout percentage backs up. It's, it's improving. improving. It's shit. improving. You knock the average yeah. man out, silly. It's improving, though. I think it the skeet's knockout rate is improving. Yeah. It's a bit like. Um, I mean, I'm not saying Cleverly is the same kind of yep. lovable kind Number of style. Yep. But Cleverly was someone who wasn't getting many knockouts and then he went through a phase of getting knocking everyone out. Yep. So maybe he's found a way we can sit on his punches a bit more. But I watched... I mean, the Skeet fight with Gavin is a fight that I believe we've all seen. Mm, right? yep. And um, I, I really loved Gavin. If we recorded this podcast a year or two ago, I'd be like, <laughs> gushing over Gavin. Not because I think Gavin is amazing. I, just, I, just, I don't know why I really like Gavin. Okay. And Skeet made him look fairly ordinary. Yeah, I thought it was a really poor fight. And I did think, I did think Gavin won. I did think he won. I I don't think Skeet did enough. I just don't think he really just. He was did a bit, enough. but I think he, he neutralised Gavin a lot because Gavin yeah, is did. someone who's got an extensive amateur career, career, 
and he generally outboxes everyone he fights. I don't think he outboxed Skeet. I think he may have eked out a yeah, result. Yeah. But he never outboxed Skeet, and that's what that's what kind of made me think. You know what? This guy's actually got something here. What next for Skeet? He'll try and win the British title outright. I hope so. I hope so. Not enough fighters do it. Not enough fighters win the British title outright. Somebody, somebody from Boxing Monthly put a stat on Twitter the other day. It wasn't about world title. It was about light heavy. But it was nobody has won the light heavyweight title outright since '92. But you can understand, though. Because it means you have to stay at a level that you're probably much better than. But it annoys me as a traditionalist because what they do is they ditch the British title to fight for a regional WBA intercontinental belt against some no mark. That's why it annoys me. It's like, why don't you fight your rivals, win it three times, win it outright? It's a beautiful belt to sit on your mantle. Everyone says that it is an incredible belt, and 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 everyone, every boxer who's at that level should fight to be able to take it home because I would if I could fight for shit. Yeah, I'd love to, but uh, you can understand the reasoning. I know everyone romantically, but you can understand why I get it. People don't stay at that level, certainly if they're clearly well above. Joshua is not going to fight three times. I think, to be fair, it's a short career. You, you get, they go for these WBA Intercontinental Bells because it's a ranking, and you get to world title, and that's where the money is. Silver, you get money, don't you, for that as well. Mm. But I think the heyday of British titles was, was when it was on um, terrestrial TV, mm-hmm. and that's and not going to happen now. No. So that, that, that's, that's another issue. I remember um, I was fairly certain Mason, Gary Mason and Ernest Lewis fought for that belt, wasn't it? Yeah. And that was a massive fight. I remember Lineker was in the fucking crowd. But he wouldn't get a British title fight getting that now. No. So Henry Cooper won three of them outright. Yeah. In, in theory, in theory, if you looked at it, the last one, you could you could probably understand if it was the kind of level of the significance of the fight, and it being at British level would be Groves and De Gaulle because yes. that could have happened at British level yeah. for the British title. Yeah, and it was a fight that was yeah just, that was for yeah. the British title, Commonwealth title, yeah. and it was great because Groves had the Commonwealth. Diego had the British, they were both undefeated, and it sold out the O2. Yeah, I love that fight so much. So do I, and that's what made me a fan of Booth. It's also what made me a friend of T. That's how me and Flo first met. I wanted the girl to, because I'm from Northwest 10, so yeah. I've got you know, big up men like Audley and James Girl. So I wanted um, the girl to win. Flav said um, Groves would win it. And um, I, 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 was a, I, was a, I saw a feature on Groves, uh, when it maybe four fights into his career. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about him and I kind of ignored the fact that he was Chelsea and I watched him and I was thought that jab that jab which he kind of let go when he was with Fitzpatrick but that world class fucking spear of a jab I loved it so much and a jab isn't a fanciful but it's not an exciting punch it is if you really know boxing you're in, but it was just bam yeah, bam and you yeah, can see people yeah. get knocked out with that shit yeah 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 um, anyway look let's, let's okay. where, where does what about Eddington? Eggington? Eggington. I thought Skeet completely outboxed him. I don't know really what you do with him now because it's like Skeet's just beat you comfortably for the British title. I don't think he's good enough to go past British title level. So it's going to be difficult. I suppose the only thing you can do is, is put him in f- fan-friendly fights. Put him in with people that are going to make him have good fights. People, whether that be from Europe, South America. I suppose there's a lot of fighters from South America that he could fight. Um, and just try and make... Because you want him to make the most money he can. I guess that's, that's the best thing we, you can really hope from him. And hope that he improves enough where he can get to a European title level kind of thing. Manny Pacquiao. Mm. Timmy Bradley. Anyone care? And anyone's called him Timmy Bradley before? Timmy I, I Bradley. always called him Timmy. Timmy I always called him Timmy. He's probably been called that before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, three. Third time they've met. Yeah. Not the epic trilogy that award yeah. you know. In the, or even Pacquiao Marcus. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's um, it's... The thing is, with the the first two fights have no real drama. Mm. So the only drama from the first fight was that Pac- Bradley got the decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was a lot closer than people said it was. Um, I, I watched it with the sound off. If you watch it, the first fight, the first 60 seconds of every round, and this is important, fuck off, Pacquiao doesn't do nothing. Can, can, can we just get, get, get this out there? Is this anything to do with your anti-Pacquiao agenda? Be honest. Yes. Well, then fucking people don't but give a shit about your... But watch the fight. People don't give a shit about your agenda, right? First 60 seconds of every round, watch it. Doesn't do fuck all. I don't think there's call for this this third fight. I'm not really interested yeah. in it. I tell you what, though, I'm more inter- interested in this than fucking Mayweather and Bo. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, you, no, to be, no, to be fair, I want to watch Mayweather bow. I would watch Mayweather fight a tramp. It doesn't really matter <laughs> because he's, you know, go around the back of Subway and have a box because he's just so fucking good. I just love watching him because he's just so good. Pac- I like I like Timmy Bradley, so I'm happy to watch him fight whoever. Do you remember what are your memories of Bradley as such? Uh, I, my, my my first memory of him, and same with many British fans, was um, the fight against Witter. Yeah, yeah, yeah and he knocked yeah. him down as well. Because yeah. I remember Witter beat um, Junior Harris, and he looked oh, Vivian Harris. Harris. Vivian Harris yeah. and he looked really good doing it. I thought, well, you know, this would be a, this. I thought this would be another comfortable defence. And didn't you say, Flav, once that you thought Witter, you thought Hatton was ducking Witter, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. But everyone did. It was the fans. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember because I was a massive Hatton fan. This yeah. is back when I didn't really kind of understand boxing. To be yeah. fair, yeah. I don't understand boxing in the way that you guys do. But I kind of... I remember at the time thinking, Witter is dangerous. Witter, the hitter, he's going to hit up... Ab- ha- ha- and he switches, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, and it was classy. and good. And, and he was good in his time, but obviously is the truth will out eventually in boxing. It's just an, it oh, it's just a horrible fight to watch. Yeah. yeah. To fight against. Well, yeah. I, do you know what? I quite enjoyed watching Witter. Yeah. I kind of liked his style, his quick hands. Um... But anyway, look... And the, he stopped Vivian Harris too, didn't he? Yeah, and it was he on Sky. Yeah. He got the big push on Sky, yeah, Junior yeah. Witter. Yeah. And Vivian Harris was a good fighter. At the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was a good fighter at the time, and he did, and he looked really good doing it. And you're right, um, it was... It's quite interesting, because Khan is Hatton, and Brooke is Witter. Yeah. And it's that... They're both from the Ingle Gym, they're both from Sheffield, and you've got Khan and you've got Hatton. They're both from Manchester, and Khan and Hatton are the big A side, and these two are down here. It's, it's just the way boxing combination. People from Bolton will stab you for that, by the way. Yeah. Just want to point out. Yeah. To say Lancashire. My bad. <laughs> but, um, but no, I think the, the Bradley Pacquiao fight is not a fight I've got a great deal of interest in, no. but it does kind of bring mm. us to what is um, Pacquiao's legacy. Um, Bob Arum is kind of. Um, I see him like I see Hearn over here in the UK, in that um, the way he creates a narrative for his fighters yes. does kind of irritate me. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing shades of that with um, with Crawford because mm-hmm. I, I think the rumor today I saw on Reddit was um, that Postol is ducking is ducking Crawford. Yes, and Crawford gives an interview saying, "Oh, well, you know, Postol's ducking me, blah 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 blah," and everyone eats it up. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, I think that that's probably made me struggle to warm to Pacquiao in that way. But I love, but Pacquiao is never a dull fight. Mm-hmm. So from that point of view, I love a fight that's never a dull fight. That's Amir Khan, um, Eubank Jr. and Pacquiao. They're never in dull fights. So for that reason, I like them. You've always got to like Pacquiao. I know you don't because you're on very much on the Mayweather fence. And mm-hmm. I get that. And that's what boxing's about. It's yeah. about putting your, your, your flag in the ground. I think that's it, yeah. Mayweather-Pacquiao was such a huge thing. that never did quite happen. And when it happened, so what? Uh, even and it would have happened in two fa- the same thing would have happened in 2010 believe me it, it would have been matter. the same it would have been the same result we yeah, but, but, never never be but that wasn't the same Pacquiao the, the Pacquiao of that era mm-hmm. was was um, a magician in my opinion talk about footwork fucking in out bam 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think uh, his jumps are, his, his jumps are taken away by Mayweather and that's the yeah. problem with Mayweather is that you can't look you can't look good against him so anyone who does beat Mayweather We'll have to look shit doing so. The strengths of every fighter is taken away by the magic of Mayweather. It's just the way it yeah. is. And I, I think Mayweather would have handled, think Mayweather would handled him at any time. It doesn't matter what you think, because your agenda is so agenda <laughs> I am. All right? I am. So what's, I'm what's here important? to push that agenda. So what's important is what we think here. Because no. we, we're no. completely Money team. Do you, <laughs> do you think Pacquiao's a can? I don't think. I don't think Pacquiao. I'm really going to say yes. No, I, don't, I, I, I will can. call him a can. I've been calling him a can for the last five, six years. But if I was to call him a can, then that's putting down Mayweather's win, and I'm yeah. not going to do that. And that's why I talk up Canelo because every time Canelo wins, Floyd looks better. <laughs> Look, it's not even like you're saying anything fucking ah. scandalous. Everyone knows Mayweather's one of the best fighters that's ever been can in I that enjoy ring. It? I enjoy the fact, like T just said a minute ago, about whenever, and it seems like a top rank fighter. What Bob Barham seems to say is gospel, is taken as gospel, especially by the American boxing media. It just seems to be taken as gospel all the time. Um, And it's happening with Crawford, it's happened with Pacquiao. Um, People forget that Pacquiao walked away from a signed contract with Mayweather, but we won't talk about that. Um, I think in terms of Pacquiao's legacy, at the lower weights, Morales, there was those fights with Morales, he stopped Morales, I think it was in four rounds, the Marquez fights. Can can, can, can we, can I, can I ask you to answer this question then? Yeah. Pacquiao's opponents far outweigh Mayweather's. 
but Mayweather Mayweather's legacy his CV ain't bad no no it's not bad you know it's Shane Mosley after Pacquiao didn't want no part of him it's Oscar De La Hoya 154 pounds it's Kyle 154 pounds coming off the Margarito win it's Pacquiao it's Marquez it's it's it's, I can see what you're saying but I don't think it shits all over Floyd's legacy at all and the thing is the difference is Floyd made it look easy Pacquiao made it look hard he did but don't we want to watch hard fights I want to see a magician. I don't know. For the record, Do you know what? I, even I just said that. I, I, I love watching Mayweather at every level. Mayweather Marquez. Yeah. I, I think I think Koto, undefeated Koto, would have beat Pacquiao. Yes. At one That was the worst Koto he could have been. It was 145 pounds. His dad had just died slash trainer. Yeah. Koto couldn't have been any worse. And he just had a war with Josh Clotty. And he'd lost to Margarito, who was blatantly using plaster at the time as well. Cotto could not have been any worse. All right, that's it from Blow the Bell. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Really, my position here is to give you these guys a platform to talk about football, boxing, (laughs) because they actually know about the sport. Um, Yes, T. I was going to say subscribe on iTunes. You're on iTunes. You're also on SoundCloud. Yep. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter is, yeah, go on. below the belt underscore, and we're on Facebook. The page isn't very busy on Facebook, but I think it's is it just below the belt? For Facebook? Uh, yeah, it's below the belt, and I think it's hyphen boxing podcast. So, also, if you've got any questions, anything you'd like these guys to discuss, just tweet us or email them in. We're Hit us up on the Facebook don't, page. Don't email. Got any emails? Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't set up an email address yet. I will. Um, but just hit us up on the Facebook page, hit us up on Twitter at below the belt underscore. Yeah. And yeah, we'll definitely we'll add it. We'll definitely add it to the running order or whatever. All right. All right. Done. Sports Social Podcast Network.